baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can always listen to us by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. If you ever miss an episode, just visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And, of course, make sure you like and follow The John Whitmer Show on Facebook and Truth Social. And follow me on Twitter, at John R. Whitmer, to get all the latest updates on the show. Well, when you go to vote in November, once again, you're going to see not one but two constitutional amendments on your ballot. Neither has quite the attention-grabbing power of the August 2nd value-them-both amendment, but each could have some somewhat profound changes for Kansas government. Joining us now to walk us through what each amendment means is Senate Judiciary Chair Kelly Warren. She was instrumental in having both of them on our ballots this fall. Thank you again for joining us, Kelly. It's nice to have you back on the show again. Good evening, John. It's nice to be back here with you and your listeners. So, uh, Kelly, by the way, you ran a great race for Attorney General. I commend you for the race that you won, and I also commend you uh, credit to you, it shows what a classy person you are, that you immediately came out and uh, supported Chris Kobach. I, I just I, I want to give you that mention because that, that shows what a class act you are. So kudos to you on both those accounts for running a great campaign and then getting behind the team. Well, I appreciate that, John. You know, and it is important that we um, support Republicans in November, and I'm out there walking just about every day. We have very competitive house races here um, in my Senate district, and I'm out there knocking doors and talking to voters, and I got right back out there uh, because we have a lot of work to do in Kansas, and uh, I'm still out there leading the fight. Well, we appreciate that. I know uh, one of our state reps down here, Blake Carpenter, has actually been up doing the same thing since he doesn't have a race. He's been up there helping some of those house candidates as well, and and I, I tried to encourage some of my former colleagues uh, last week to do just that, because I think you're right. I think we right now have to be focused on getting out our base and getting Republicans motivated. And, uh, you know, the primary was brutal. We we have lost on the uh, value of them both, and we can't afford to be licking our wounds now. we got to get motivated and get out there and get prepared for November. That's right. Well, you know, in, the, in, in my campaign, you know, worked hard, fought hard, and 
Thank you for saying, you know, we ran a great, uh, honest campaign and got right back to work. You did. Well, you did. I appreciate that. And in fact, I saw um, Representative Carpenter. I've seen him twice now uh, in uh, the area over here helping candidates. And you know what? We need a good, strong House supermajority for our next new governor so, uh, so we can get a lot of things done for Kansas. So folks are going to see uh, two amendments on their ballot when they go vote. The first one seems fairly simple. Right now, all Kansas counties, save one, elect their sheriffs. This amendment would just keep it that way for the foreseeable future. And I guess it really, the issue came up because uh, I guess there was discussion in Johnson County about making the sheriff an appointed position rather than keeping it an elected one. Is that really what, what prompted this to come into the ballot, right? Yeah, it is. You've got that right. And it's important that we keep our sheriffs an elected position and not appointed by other politicians. If they're not elected by we, the people, they should be. And it's important because if they're not, who gets to decide who your sheriff is? Other politicians, right? right? Your yeah. county commissioners. And then who is your sheriff going to be accountable to? We, the people? No. The sheriff's going to be then accountable to other politicians, the county commissioners, who um, appointed him or her as sheriff. And that's not where we need to be, especially when we've got uh, law and order issues these days, when we've got uh, government overreach these days. We need sheriffs to be accountable to us, we the people. Yeah, there's a lot of just way too much uh, politics to be that, that could potentially insert itself into a position like that, not to mention the fact that you're disenfranchising voters and I, I just think the last thing we want, especially in a climate where Democrats these days are all fired up about, you know, defunding the police. The last thing I think we want to do is take away the, the folks right to vote. Uh, we're talking with Senate Judiciary Chair Kelly Warren. The other amendment folks will see on their ballot creates a legislative veto over the governor. And this isn't necessarily over the governor. It's, it's providing the legislature with oversight of state executive branch agencies by providing legislative authority to establish procedures that could revoke or suspend rules and regulations, correct? Yeah, and it's like you said, it's not really a legislative veto over the governor, whoever the governor is. Right. Um, it really brings accountability and efficiency to your legislature um, when an agency, right, uh, misinterprets the legislative grant of rulemaking authority that the legislature gave to the agency when the legislature enacted a law and asked an agency to make rules and regs. Because you know what? We see it far too often that the agency, you know, through no ill will, um, they misinterpret what the legislative intent was, what the legislative grant of rulemaking authority was, and they overreach. And right now with how our um, constitution has been interpreted by the uh, Kansas Supreme Court way back in 1984, we as the legislature, we as your elected representatives don't have any authority to um, suspend or revoke a rule or regulation that oversteps what that agency was permitted to do. And this would, it's a very narrowly tailored process, the constitutional amendment that's going to be on your ballot, ballot very narrowly tailored to fight um, some of this misinterpretation and get it back to 
those who you, we, the people, can hold accountable, right? right. It's a lot of accountability we're talking about in these two amendments, isn't it? Yeah, well, accountability and of government to you. You're you're being generous. You say misinterpretation. <laughs> I, I, you know, I served in the legislature. <laughs> I passed laws only to see unelected bureaucrats at these agencies pass rules and regs that were never intended. I mean, I have I've literally seen a bill that I worked on and that I crafted, and then rules and regs put in stuff that, wait, 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 we didn't intend this, or we didn't intend this kind of fee structure. That's one area where I saw it in particular, or where they decided that they needed to have levels of inspection that wasn't intended, or hiring. I remember one bill that I worked on where we passed, and all of a sudden the agency decided, well, we're going to need to hire X number of new employees and, and grow the size of our agency in order to deal with this. And we had to explain to them, no, that was not our intent. The way I see it, this measure is intended to ensure executive agencies follow legislative intent. Isn't that really what this is all about? It's exactly what it's about, because when the administrative agencies make rules and regs, they have the force and effect of law, right? And that force and effect of law, though, hasn't been um, approved by your legislature, and I can give you examples, John, as well, right, being a legislator. And in fact, I'm also chair of the Joint Committee Committee on Administrative Rules and Regs. Okay. And in that committee, yes, we look at rules and regs from the various agencies and departments, but we are, our hands are tied. We can't revoke anything that exceeds the scope of the rulemaking authority the legislature um, enacted in the law and we can't suspend it. We can't do anything, John, except write a letter to the file saying that we, the legislature, disapprove of you know this rule or reg. It's, it's far too overreaching. I can give you an example. Um, the Department of Labor wanted to um, change um, how wages were calculated for um, workers' comp, and that's a big policy change, and that should come through your le elected officials, the legislature. And um, that didn't happen. Um, that rule and reg wasn't um, enacted. It didn't go any further, fortunately. But that's just one example where your legislature wasn't able to do anything about it. This really comes down to checks and balances. And I think if you look at the actions that certain agencies, you know, Department of Health and Human Services in particular, took during the pandemic, um, I think that's a, the best example that I can come up with. We need to have a way for the legislature to be able to, and it has nothing to do with Laura Kelly. I mean, not that I think Derek Schmidt won't go this direction, but you never know. And I think a legislature, which is an elected branch that represents the people and is accountable to the people, has to be able to put a check on these bureaucrats that aren't accountable to the people. And if you look at what the actions they took during the pandemic – where you had, you know, health the, the the health department coming out with rules and regs about shutting down businesses and mask mandates and vaccine mandate talk and that kind of stuff. This is a perfect example of that, isn't it? It is. It, it would help in that regard, and it would help um, your legislature to invalidate a regulation that exceeds the original statutory scope of what your legislature intended. Um, I heard a lot. Uh, from folks who have been very frustrated by the scope of the administrative straight state and the bureaucracy and that we weren't able to do anything to stop um, the rulemaking um, and the regulations that were coming from, like you had said, the unelected 
um, folks in the administrative state. And we need to have that checks and balances. It is all about accountability, transparency, efficiency, checks and balances, all those good tools that we expect from our government. And um, this is the way to get that process started. And I say get that process started because once the constitutional amendment passes, then the legislature would come up with a process, again, a process, what the legislature would do if in the future there happens to be a regulation that exceeds the original statutory scope. So again, it's your elected folks who are going to put their heads together, probably with a concurrent resolution, which will then take two thirds of the legislature. I'm not sure what uh, it will exactly look like because we haven't gotten there yet. But your chambers, your House, your Senate will be talking about, um, you know, what that looks like to help protect Kansans. And it really will impact um, the cost of living in Kansas. It will help get rid of unnecessary red tape. I tell you, we heard some testimony when this um, was being heard in the legislature um, in 2019, right? So three years ago, the Kansas administrative regulations contained, are you sitting down? Um, 70,969 oh. regulations. Jeez, That's a, exa- it's 3.2 million words, and it would take the average person about four and a half weeks to read the entire regulatory code. So imagine you're a small business owner or you're a startup business and you want to get started here in Kansas. You've got to effectively wade through all that regulation to figure out, am I starting my business the right way? What's required of me and how do I operate? Um, and it then gets passed on that cost and expense. If you as a startup business or a continuing business can even afford to do that, who does it get passed on to? The Kansas consumer. Yep. So it's it's really a way to um, help with the cost of living here in Kansas. I think we see with inflation, um, that's a big issue as well. And to actually it helps with the supply chain problem too, because again, if you as a business have to navigate all these rules and regulations, um, it can impede uh, the efficient running of the market as well. So Certainly. I think it's a good a good tool. We heard a lot from the agriculture community um, in testimony supporting this. Uh, um, the attorney general came and testified strongly in favor of it, uh, which we appreciated. And like I said, the ag community and uh, many others did as well. So it's something that Kansas business sees that, Um, This is a good tool for your legislature so that Kansans can afford to live here. Well, again, I I appreciate you, Kelly, for joining us this evening, kind of walking us through this. Folks are going to see both of these amendments on their ballots. When they go to vote in November, I I encourage them to vote yes. If they want to stay in touch with you, they can find you on Facebook at Kelly Warren for Kansas. And uh, obviously you're not running for re-election right now because the Senate's not up at this point, but they can certainly stay in touch with you there, correct? Absolutely. Um, and my email, um, Kelly at Kelly Warren for Kansas.com. Um, and I tell you what, you know, these next two years um, in the legislature and the Senate are going to be exciting. Hopefully we'll get a yes and a yes on both of these constitutional amendments. Very important. And, uh, you know, I'll be leading for these types of issues that can make Kansas a better place to live. Push back on government overreach. Um, I've been doing that uh, my whole short uh, political career since I was first elected to the House in 2018. 
And uh, it's important because we see government growing and growing and growing and um, not always in a way that's beneficial (laughs) to you and me. Right. You know, we need to control the daily decisions for our families. And oftentimes government uh, gets in the way of that and makes Kansas prosperous. Right. So we can have families here who kids stay here when they grow up um, and we continue to have success for those who live here. So I'm excited that these are on Kansans ballots. Uh, As I knock doors with candidates, uh, I'm encouraging them vote yes and yes. Uh, They were both actually uh, bipartisan supported in your legislature. They had to have two thirds of your legislature vote yes to be on your ballot. So it wasn't just a simple majority. So you can see that the elected representatives of Kansas overwhelmingly voted yes to get these on your ballot so Kansans could have a voice. And so I would encourage everyone to vote yes. I appreciate you, Kelly. Thank you again. We'll take a quick break. We'll be uh, bringing you highlights from uh, some news and commentary segments. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show. We'll be back right after that. Thank you, Kelly. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.